0: Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show with a host who says what other hosts aren't allowed to say. The Doc Washburn Show streams live. You just muted me out. You just muted me out, man. For <laughs> podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at Doc And now uh, we can't hear it again. It's, it's very, very, you turn the volume all the way down, and we're live. So... Maybe uh, you could turn the volume back up and I'll play it again because, uh, yeah, we're doing about the seat of our pants today. Okay, did you turn the volume back up? Okay, let me just try playing the open again. Here we go. Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show with a host who says what other hosts aren't allowed to say. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays at docwashburn.com and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at com or call us at 866-609-3711. Look, I never said we knew what we were doing, okay? Just want to let, let you know that. Hey, this is Doc Washburn. I most recently did talk radio for the big talk radio station in Little Rock, Arkansas. I've also been blessed to have filled in frequently for the great nationally syndicated talk show host, Mark Levin. Today marks the beginning of my new national live stream slash podcast. Now, a lot of the people who listened to my local show in Little Rock have been asking why I'm no longer on the air there. So we're going to address that today in episode one of the new Doc Washburn Show. So here goes. When you are a Christian who has been called to do a talk radio show for a very secular company, you're going to have conflict. It's just a matter of time. Now, 25 years ago, in preparation for my first talk radio show in Savannah, Georgia, my employer hired a consultant who taught me how to do the talk radio format. He explained to me the, most, the two most important things about doing talk radio. One was making sure to discuss current events every day, and the other was how you approach those news stories based on your worldview. Talk radio listeners don't want a liberal talk show host. They want a conservative talk show host. And you can't fake it. It's not like being a music DJ who secretly likes classic rock music but has to pretend to like country music. Talk radio listeners can smell a phony a mile away. That's what the research said 25 years ago, and nothing has changed. To do a successful talk show, you need to be an actual conservative who talks about what's in the news each day. So that having been said, the first major testing of my ability to live out my faith at the talk radio station in Little Rock, Arkansas, came in the summer of 2020 when the CEO and corporate vice president of programming for Cumulus Media produced a video telling all Cumulus personalities that we had to respect what they called transgender people. Okay, here's the problem with that. God created us male and female. He doesn't make mistakes. And to prove it, Bruce Jenner still has male DNA in every cell of his body, no matter what kind of operation he may have had. To say otherwise is to lie. It is to imply that God makes mistakes, that he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, I've committed enough sins in my life. I'm not going to commit that one. When I told my wife about it, she asked me if I thought I would be fired over the transgender issue because corporate had laid down the law. you, you got to respect this, you know. Guy wants to put on a dress, call him a woman. I said to my wife, well, I doubt corporate is going to pay that much attention to a local talk show host way down in the market number 90, but you never know. Shortly after that, I came into possession of a Zoom call the Little Rock School District had done with a social justice warrior organization they paid to try to indoctrinate teachers and staff. These social justice warriors berated teachers who did not support the transgender issue or, for that matter, the Black Lives Matter movement. These teachers were told that if they did not support these two movements, they probably should not even bother reporting back for work in the Little Rock School District for the 2020-2021 school year. So I played that audio on the air, because that's what talk show hosts do, and I went off on Little Rock School Superintendent. I also criticized the community organizers that the school district pays so handsomely. I explained that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization that, in its own words, has called for the demise of the nuclear family. And I ridiculed the idea that a boy could become a girl and vice versa. Now, I didn't have any idea whether Cumulus Media would fire me, and I didn't care because I put my faith in God. I didn't get fired for that in the summer of 2020, but you know, a funny thing happened. I was driving home from the Kroger that same evening, and I heard Ben Shapiro, a nationally syndicated talk show host, whose show was delivered by a company called Westwood One, which was owned by my then-employer, Cum- Cumulus Media, Heard Ben Shapiro going off on the very idea of transgenderism, which he quite rightly said is in danger of ruining girls' and women's sports. So it was pretty cool after the fact and just reminded me the Lord has a sense of humor. Here's a guy syndicated by the same company I work for, whose show airs on a lot of stations, also ignoring the, the pro-transgender video from corporate and railing against the same thing I railed against earlier in the day, So clearly, Cumulus Media had bigger fish to fry than little old me in Little Rock. The next big test for me was after the presidential election of November 2020. Okay, see, here is something no one on talk radio is allowed to say. The election was stolen. Obviously, the election was stolen. We all saw five swing states all stop counting votes at the same time on election night. How did that happen? Who ordered that? Anyone with any sense knows dementia Joe Biden, who could hardly get anyone to show up for his campaign rallies, didn't get 81 million votes. 10 million more than Barack Obama got back in 2008. It's laughable. You know it. I know it. Even Brett Baer at Fox News, who called states early for Biden on election night and waited days to call states for Trump, knew it also. So a couple weeks after the Democrats stole the election, people started having stop-the-steel rallies. One of our local listeners in Arkansas called the nationally syndicated Todd Starnes radio show and said we need to do a stop-the-steel rally on the steps of the state capitol in Little Rock. My friend Todd Starnes responded that sounded like something Doc Washburn Washburn could, could organize. So I called the Arkansas Secretary of State's office, lined up some speakers, and started promoting a Stop the steel rally on the steps of the state capitol in Little Rock for Saturday, November 28, 2020. Again, that's what talk radio hosts do. My friend Todd Starnes was even going to come over to Little Rock from Memphis to join us and be the keynote speaker. When Cumulus Management found out about it, I was told in no uncertain terms that if I went through with it, I would be fired. So... Since I didn't have any other employment lined up at the time, I disappointed my listeners by bowing out. Fortunately, some other folks in Little Rock did make sure the rally happened anyway. All right, fast forward to January 6th, the day of the festivities at the U.S. Capitol, which, by the way, are beginning to look more and more like a total setup by the feds. More on that later. That very day, January 6th, 2021, Cumulus Media's corporate vice president of programming sent out a memo to personalities, which said, we need to help induce national calm now. We were told Cumulus and its program syndication arm, Westwood one will not tolerate any suggestion that the election has not ended. The election has been resolved and there are no alternate acceptable paths. Hmm. Sounds like a a memo that he might want to send to members of Congress because some of them were actually protesting some of the electors. I mean, a talk radio host was not in Congress able to protest electors, but anyway, we were told in no uncertain terms, by the vice president of programming for Cumulus Media that if we use the terms stolen election or stop the steal, we could expect to be fired immediately. An internet publication called Inside Music Media got a hold of the memo. Then the Washington Post and the New York Times did articles on it. And Cumulus talk show hosts were basically hung out to dry. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, part of the problem was Probably the mainstream media was reporting that five people were killed that day, including Capitol Hill police officers. That wasn't true. Only two people, both female Trump supporters, were killed that day. Their names were Ashley Babbitt and Roseanne Boyland. The great Julie Kelly has written a lot about them over at American Greatness. But unfortunately, radio executives at big companies like Cumulus are all liberals, so they tend to believe whatever the mainstream media says. So like I said, we were hung out to dry. Let me try to explain that if I can. One huge problem with being ordered not to discuss the fact that last November's presidential election was stolen is that as a talk radio host, you are doing a great disservice to your listeners. It is a huge story, unprecedented story, that needs to be discussed on talk radio. Forbidding talk show hosts from bringing it up is like telling a DJ on a music radio station, hey, you can't play the most popular song on your music radio station. But liberal radio executives don't care. So, it's a relief for me that God opened the door for me not to be censored anymore. By the way, I don't know if you know this, Time Magazine did a 20-page article back in February bragging about how the elites the powers that be, stole the election. Except instead of using the word stolen, Time magazine used the word fortified. But it was the same effect. There was a huge conspiracy between the Democrat uh, Party activists and uh, and big tech giants and um, major corporations, and they basically had Trump tied down like... uh, the giant in Gulliver's Travels, they they shut him down. They shut him down. So, anyway, fast forward to this past summer. All of a sudden, CBS and NBC News both produced articles about so-called breakthrough cases of fully vaccinated people getting COVID anyway. The next morning, there was an emergency meeting in which the same cumulus corporate vice president of programming who told us we would be fired if we said stolen the election, now told all the talk radio program directors in the country, now make sure that none of your talk show hosts say anything to cast any doubt on the efficacy of the vaccines. A few weeks later, so (laughs) a new order, I can't talk about this. A few weeks later, the director of the CDC herself was talking about people who were fully vaccinated getting the Rona, the Wu flu, the China virus, as it were. By the way, I don't know. Did I mention I'm not politically correct? CDC Director Rochelle Walensky even said that based on data then coming out of Israel, it looked like there was an increased risk of people who were vaccinated early actually developing serious health complications. So. After I played the audio of her comments on my local talk radio show in Little Rock, I was left to wonder if I would have been fired for saying the same things a CDC director said a day before she said them. It was just getting to be ridiculous, you know? Fast forward to August 11th of this year. That's when the CEO of Cumulus Media did a closed-circuit video for Cumulus employees. In the video... She announced she was angry with people who were not vaccinated yet, and she told us if we were not fully vaccinated by October 11th, we would be terminated. So I sent her a letter explaining that what she was doing was, in my opinion, against the law, and also setting up my religious objection to getting vaccinated for the Rona. The next day, I found out there was a form in which I could apply for an exemption to Cumulus Media's vaccine mandate. Now, remember, Cumulus announced their mandate almost a full month before Dementia Joe, also known as Let's Go Brandon, announced his vaccine mandate. Anyway, I filled out the form explaining I would not be getting the vaccine for the because aborted fetal cells were used in the research for, if not the development of, the vaccines. And abortion is murder, and the Bible says you shall not murder. I also asked for an exemption to continue doing the show from home, which is where I had been doing my radio talk show since early March, 2020. I reminded Cumulus's HR department that they had been allowing other air personalities to do their shows from home for years before the Rona hit. I also reminded them that the CEO had already said she was angry with people who hadn't hadn't gotten the jab. I also told them that since Some vaccinated Cumulus music DJs in Little Rock were already ostracizing unvaccinated employees. I wanted corporate to allow me to keep doing my radio talk show from home because I wasn't thrilled with having to deal with a hostile workplace on a regular basis. Cumulus HR ignored my request to keep doing the show from home. They sent me an email asking a bunch of questions about how my religious beliefs affect the way I live my life including my thoughts on vaccines in general. I answer their questions to the best of my ability, and they denied my request for a religious exemption while continuing to ignore my request to just keep doing the show from home. So here we are. When God closes one door, he opens another. By the way, as we sit here on Tuesday, October twelfth, 2021, there is a new Rasmussen poll out which says 56% of likely American voters believe cheating tainted Biden's victory. Now, what does that math tell you? If a majority of likely American voters believe that cheating tainted Biden's victory, it kind of makes you think a majority of American voters believe Biden cheated. And if a majority of American voters believed Biden cheated, I don't want to go too far on a limb here, but it almost makes you think that a majority of likely American voters didn't vote for Dementia Joe. Man, oh, man. I wonder. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, again, again, the election was stolen. You know it, I know it, even Brett Baer knows it. But let me go back to the China virus for a minute. I think it's clear by now that Fauci funded the creation of the virus in the virology lab in Wuhan, China, and he lied about it repeatedly under oath. I also think it's clear the powers that be in the government and the medical establishment are trying to suppress the use of ivermectin because although it works, it is inexpensive And there are billions of dollars to be made on COVID vaccines and on booster shots till the end of time. So let me share with you two anecdotes. A few months ago, I was on a group text with some friends of mine. One of my sons was in the group. And he texted to us, hey, y'all, pray for me. I have COVID and I haven't eaten solid food since Friday. Since it was a Wednesday, five days later, I was alarmed. I called our family doctor back in Panama City, Florida, a wonderful gentleman that I've known for years named Dr. Daniel Dobby, at Gulf Coast Facial Plastics in Panama City, Florida. And he prescribed hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and a steroid to make the drugs work faster. So the CVS pharmacy in Niceville, Florida, told my son they would have to special order the ivermectin, and they made him wait almost 24 hours to get the hydroxychloroquine and the steroid. I have no idea why they wouldn't go ahead and give him what they had. But no, they slow walked it. He had to wait almost a full day before they would give him his meds. By the time he got them, he was gasping for air. And my son tends to be very healthy. He's a gym rat. He's in good shape. But when you're own flesh and blood, is gasping for air, you're thinking, oh, my. I, I think we may have almost lost him, but he gradually started getting better once he got the meds into his system, and then within a few weeks, he was back to normal. By the way, speaking of ivermectin, just so you know, the most populous state in the country of India. See, India has states just like the United States has states. We have 50, they have 36. The most populous state in the country of India, it's called Uttar Pradesh. They have 240 million people in that one state in India. They've been handing out ivermectin like candy for months. They recently announced that they are COVID free. COVID is gone because everybody is taking ivermectin. What does it tell you? that the people in charge of our country are suppressing a medication that works. We got the evidence out of India. 240 million people in that one state. No more COVID, because everybody's taking ivermectin. Here in the USA, oh, no, 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 can't do that. That's horse paste, man, that's horse paste. Local television in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is where I am for the time being, they did a story at the behest of the University of Arkansas Medical System, saying, oh, don't use horse paste, as if there's no human version of ivermectin. As if six years ago, the people who developed ivermectin didn't get a Nobel Prize for medicine for how well ivermectin has worked on human beings. (sighs) Journalism. All right, uh, let me share another anecdote. I had a good friend in Little Rock, She was a family law attorney. She presented to a major hospital in Little Rock, Arkansas, symptomatic with COVID. They gave her nothing. They sent her home, telling her to come back if she got worse. Three or four days later, her daughter drove her back to the hospital. This time, she was told that, oh, I'm so sorry. We missed the window of opportunity for treatment. So they admitted her, gave her a bed, put her on a ventilator, and she died. People in Arkansas are really upset about their loved ones going to the hospital, being admitted, but being denied treatment. I wonder if it's like that where you live. All right, now, what I want to do, we uh, we do have some breaking news. There's a new book out that claims that uh, Tom Cotton United States Senator from Arkansas, a guy who is on national television a lot and who a lot of people in Arkansas believe is already running for president in 2024. There's a new book out which claims that Tom Cotton and Senate majority leader then now minority leader Mitch McConnell secretly plotted against Trump to undermine his claims of election fraud so we're we're going to we're going to talk about that here in a moment but first first I got to do one of these things here give me a chance to catch my breath this will be quick and painless less than uh, less than 30 seconds You're listening to The Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays at docwashburn.com and is available for download to Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. All right, here it is. This is from uh, Business Insider. Breaking news from Business Insider today. And it says, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell secretly plotted with Senator Tom Cotton to prevent other senators from working with former President Donald Trump to reverse Joe Biden's election victory, a new book has claimed. A book by journalist David Drucker, an excerpt of which was published by Vanity Fair, describes how Senator Cotton and Senator McConnell worked together in December 2020 and January 2021 to ensure that Joe Biden's election victory, of course, they're liberal media, they're going to pretend that he actually won, was certified as Trump worked to overturn the result. Both Tom Cotton, a vocal Trump supporter— Yeah, publicly, not behind the scenes. And McConnell publicly objected to Trump's efforts to overturn the election at the time. But the report is significant because it describes in new detail how both senators tried behind the scenes to maneuver against the president, to whom they were publicly loyal. Now, if you're listening today in Arkansas, that probably wouldn't surprise you about Tom Cotton, if you're listening elsewhere, you might be shocked. So Business Insider continues, Trump, and this is breaking news today, Trump had spent considerable political effort after November's election trying to persuade Republican senators to object to electoral votes in swing states which had secured Biden the presidency. Well, yeah, after they cheated. According to this author, this uh, this Drucker fellow, David Drucker, journalist whose excerpt from his book has been published by Vanity Fair, Cotton and McConnell realized that Trump wanted to try to win enough support from Republican lawmakers to oppose the certification of the Electoral College vote on January 6, thereby overturning Biden's victory. Cotton then ordered aides to prepare a memorandum, which made clear that Vice President Mike Pence did not, as Trump claimed, have the power to overturn the Electoral College results, according to journalist David Drucker. Cotton then enlisted the support of Mitch McConnell, who encouraged him to publish an op-ed in the local Arkansas paper detailing why Trump's election fraud claims were false, according to David Drucker. However, the plan was derailed, and Senator Josh Hawley who had also associated himself closely with Trump's political agenda, announced in late December that he would support Trump and oppose Biden's election certification, according to Drucker. Really? Up to a dozen congressional Republicans, including Senator Ted Cruz, also planned to oppose the Electoral College certification, according to reports at the time, a situation which McConnell have publicly warned would see democracy enter a death spiral. Now, I'll tell you something, Mitch. I'll tell you something, Tom. Democracy, which, by the way, we don't have. We have a a constitutional republic. But either way, it enters a death spiral when you let somebody cheat and obviously steal an election. And that's what happened. And you know it, and I know it, and Tom Cotton knows it. Anyway. Journalist Drucker wrote that Cotton's strategy was derailed by Hawley's move and added, quote, After some discussion, McConnell urged Cotton to speed up his timeline for announcing his opposition, unquote. On January 3rd, Tom Cotton released a statement saying he would not join efforts to oppose a certification of the Electoral College vote on January 6th. The move was politically risky because Cotton, as a vocal Trump supporter, knew he would anger both his and the president's base, according to the book, which is excerpted in this new Vanity Fair article. You know, he did anger both his and the president's base back then. But I think memories are short, and a lot of people outside Arkansas don't realize that. Inside Arkansas, I've heard from a bunch of people who are like, I'll never vote for him again, and they're hoping he'll be primaried in 2026. But anyway. Business Insider continues, ultimately, following the events of the Capitol riot on January 6th, only seven GOP senators voted against Biden's election win in Pennsylvania, and six voted against his win in Arizona. All right, again, the Capitol riot. See, what they don't want you to know, or they might not even know, Is this video out there of Capitol Hill police shooting tear gas and flashbang grenades at peaceful Trump protesters. What they really don't want you to know is what happened down at the tunnel where who knows what, who knows what they were spraying on the protesters. That's where uh, Roseanne Boyland was crushed. There are fourteen thousand hours of closed circuit security camera video because there's so many different cameras there in the Capitol, and the government refuses to release them even to the defense attorneys for the detainees. Wonder why? Ah, so it says following the outbreak of violence at the Capitol, some GOP lawmakers who planned to object to the certification changed their minds. The outbreak of violence. Yeah, it was pretty violent. It was pretty violent when that uh Capitol Hill police officer shot and killed an innocent woman, Ashley Babbitt, with no warning. No warning. He's done one interview, one interview with Lester Holt, NBC News. Very friendly interview. Softball questions from Lester Holt, NBC News. And still this guy, this Lieutenant Michael Byrd, nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof, kept on looking left and right. I mean, look, I, I'm not even a body language expert, but you could tell the guy's lying. You could tell he's nervous. Anyway, Business Insider continues, it is unclear whether Cotton's public announcement played a significant role in stopping Trump from enlisting further Republican support. McConnell's team at least believed that it did. Two of McConnell's aides told journalist David Drucker that Cotton played a very important role in preventing more Republicans from opposing the result. Business Insider contacted Cotton and McConnell's offices for comment but is yet to receive a response from either one. Okay. All right, so look, you know. I even though I'm in Arkansas, I'll say it. I trust Tom Cotton as far as I can throw Chris Christie and his slightly chunkier cousin simultaneously. This is ridiculous. So let's let's take a look. Let's take a look at Cotton's statement that he released on January 3rd. Trump ally Senator Tom Cotton says he won't join those planning to challenge Biden's electoral college win but supports a commission to study the election. Oh, yeah. I remember this now. Because we talked about it at the time on my local show in Little Rock. Okay. Republican Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas said in a statement on Sunday, which I guess was the, um, yeah, that would have been the third that he would not join some of his colleagues planning to challenge president elect Joe Biden's win by opposing the certification of the electoral college vote on Wednesday January 6 cotton a supporter of president Donald Trump said attempts to overturn the electoral college would exceed congress power under the constitution which gives states the power to run elections and courts the power to settle election disputes he also said it would establish unwise precedents. unwise precedents he said first congress would take away the power to choose the president from the people well no see that's that's what that's what the states of pennsylvania arizona georgia wisconsin and michigan did on election night and the days and weeks following that's who took the power away from the president to pardon me, the, took away the power for the people to support the president. And Tom Cotton's not a stupid man. He's got to know that. Anyway, he says, first, Congress would take away the power to choose the president from the people, which would essentially end presidential elections and place that power in the hands of whichever party controls Congress. He also said it would threaten the U.S. electoral system and take another big step toward federalizing election law. And then in this article, Business Insider, it says, Joe Biden won the election by receiving 306 electoral votes compared with President Donald Trump's 232. The results have been certified in every state. presidential electors cast their votes last month. Is anybody talking about the uh, Arizona audit? Anybody at all? Anybody at all talking about the Arizona audit? That's what I would like to know. Well, they did an audit of the vote, and it turns out that there were fraudulent ballots in Arizona, a much higher number. A much higher number. The Gateway Pundit has it, but they're not the only ones. Over 284,000 ballots, or one out of every 10 ballots, just in Maricopa County alone, lacked evidence that they were the original ballots received. Yeah, everything's open above board. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just pretend like Tom Cotton that everything was fine and and Biden didn't steal it. You know, I got to tell you. Cotton said, Cotton, a potential presidential candidate in 2024, you think, said he was disappointed in the election results and the concerns about irregularities, especially concerning changes to election law related to mail-in voting. He said, quote, I therefore support a commission to study the last election and propose reforms to protect the integrity of our elections, unquote. Now, I said at the time on my local show in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, yeah, so what you going to do, Tom? Have a commission of half Democrats, half Republicans, to study the last election? Yeah, why, why, not, why not just let the fox totally into the henhouse? Well, let me see. That was January 3rd. How many? February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. We're over nine months since that. Anybody seen this commission that Tom Cotton was talking about to study the election? I I, I must have missed it. I must have missed it. Tom Cotton joins other Republican senators who have broken from their colleagues and said they would not challenge Biden's electoral college win, including Senators Mitt Romney, Utah, Pat Toomey, Pennsylvania, and Lisa Murkowski, Alaska. This was Again, on January 3rd, three days before the feds did the setup job, the frame job at the Capitol on January 6th. Mitt Romney. So Mitt Romney didn't want uh, Trump to uh, win either. Well, that's a shock. Oh, by the way, in the interest of full disclosure, because you probably didn't hear about this, Tom Cotton and Mitt Romney joined together to put forth a bill in Congress that would raise the national minimum wage so again i trust tom cotton as much as i trust mitt romney and i trust mitt romney as far as i can throw chris christie and his slightly chunkier cousin simultaneously yeah i'm just i'm just not there man i just you know here's the thing some people who do talk shows, whether it's on radio, whether it's online, whether it's on Fox News, whatever, they'll go along to get along. You know? If you got an R by your name, doesn't matter if you're trustworthy or not, they'll pretend you are. You know? I can't do that. I can't do that. And so, you know, who knows how long I'll be doing this, but I'm excited seeing all the names popping up that are actually watching us live and sharing this this live stream. That's wonderful. It is our hope and our prayer that God will that God will bless what we're doing. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, Anyway, uh, that having been said, that having been said, I've got a lot of people listening to me today are either parents or grandparents, and there's something I need to share with you guys. So, again, i got to take a a drink of water and catch my breath, but this will be quick and painless. It'll be uh, less than 30 seconds. So here goes nothing. You're listening to The Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays at docwashburn.com and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866 609 Okay, so are you telling me they couldn't hear that just now in the live stream? So I just gave him twenty seconds of dead air, even though I can hear it in my headphones. Okay, so so what should I do instead of what I just did? Hit this one right here, huh? Yeah, I I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, that's liner two. Yeah. So if I hit this, it'll actually play on the air or on the live stream. Guys, I apologize. I'm sitting here hearing things in my headphones, thinking I'm sending something to you. And uh, uh, my astute IT guy said, nope, you're just feeding them dead air. So apparently you will hear this. You're listening to The Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays at docwashburn.com and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. All right. So they heard it that time, right? Okay, that's great. Um... There's a great reporter named Luke Rosiak over at DailyWire.com and uh, the great Molly Hemingway at The Federalist. She linked to a thread that Luke Rosiak did and she said, read this thread now. And that was 6.42 this morning. And I need to share this with you. If you're concerned about what is going on in our public schools. If you have children, if you have grandchildren in public schools, are you just concerned because you, you, you have a love, a concern, a compassion for your fellow man? Here's what Luke Rosiak, over the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's wonderful website, said about what's going on in the schools in Loudoun County, Virginia, up in northern Virginia, or down in northern Virginia if you live north of there. He said, as Loudoun County schools sought to pass a controversial transgender policy in June of this year, the school system concealed the fact that a girl in the ninth grade was allegedly raped by a so-called gender-fluid student in a school bathroom just three weeks before they were trying to pass the new controversial transgender policy. And he links to the Daily Wire article. He says, in June, Loudoun County Public Schools lectured the public for worrying about what they called a red herring saying that the school district had zero bathroom assaults on record. It quietly transferred the boy charged in the May 28th assault to a new school. On October 6th, he was arrested for a new sex assault inside a classroom there. The father of the victim is a man you may have seen on a video that went viral. He was the bald-headed guy being dragged by the police. Loudoun County's top elected prosecutor personally tried to put him in jail. He was issued a no trespassing order keeping him from telling his story at the meeting where the transgender policy passed. The National School Board Association included this dad, Scott Smith, in its list used to deem parents as domestic terrorists. But his attorney said if someone would have sat and listened for 30 seconds to what Scott had to say, they would have been mortified and heartbroken. Now, the story at DailyWire.com, Luke Rosiak, the guy who wrote the story, he says it's behind a paywall because this story is so shocking that it could only be told through a 5,000-word-long resource intensive magazine style piece and he said but i think it's really worth subscribing to the real daily wire for the story and i think i'll do that cuz you know look when when people when people do this kind of thing when people do real journalism real journalism about the things that we should be concerned about then we need to support them you know what i'm saying we need to support them so yeah i'm going to i'm going to do that i'm going to subscribe to dailywire.com so here's what, some of what uh Luke rosiak says in the article behind the paywall He says, on June 22nd, Scott Smith was arrested at a Loudoun County, Virginia school board meeting, a meeting that was ultimately deemed an unlawful assembly after many attendees vocally opposed a policy on transgender students. What people did not know is that weeks prior, on May 28th, Smith says a boy allegedly wearing a skirt entered a girl's bathroom and nearby Stonebridge High School, where he sexually assaulted Smith's ninth-grade daughter. Juvenile records are sealed, but Scott Smith's attorney, Elizabeth Lancaster, told The Daily Wire that a boy was charged with two counts of forcible sodomy, one count of anal sodomy, and one count of forcible fellatio related to an incident that day at that school. As a result of a viral video showing his arrest, Scott Smith became the poster child for what the National School Boards Association has since suggested could be a form of domestic terrorism, a white, blue-collar male who showed up to harangue obscure public servants on his local school board. Attorney Lancaster said if someone would have sat and listened for 30 seconds to what Scott had to say, they would have been mortified and heartbroken. Minutes before Scott Smith's arrest at the school board meeting, the Loudoun County Public Schools superintendent lectured the public that concerns about the transgender policy were misplaced because the school system had no record of any assault occurring in any school bathroom. Then, a woman wearing a rainbow-heart shirt, a left-wing community activist, told Smith, She did not believe his daughter. His rage reached a boil, and he had a heated exchange of words with the woman. A police officer there to keep the peace in the meeting pulled on his arm. Smith yanked it away. Before he knew it, Smith says, he was hit in the face, handcuffed and dragged across the floor with his pants pulled down. Images of the incident were splashed on televisions and newspapers across the world. Buta Bilbaraj. Lowndes County's progressive, top elected prosecutor, who has close ties to the school board's most liberal members, appeared in court to personally prosecute Scott Smith for disorderly conduct and resist- resisting arrest. Prosecutor uh, Bill Barrage ran on a platform of ending mass incarceration, but she wanted to put Scott Smith in jail for misdemeanors. As prosecutor Bill Barrage, would have known about the case involving Scott Smith's daughter. The suspect, juvenile court prosecutors assured Scott Smith was being held responsible. He was on house arrest, confined to his mother's townhouse. According to Scott Smith's attorney Lancaster, a conviction was expected on October 14th, likely in the form of a guilty plea to a lesser sexual assault charge. But on October 6th, According to the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office, a 15-year-old who was charged with sexual battery and abduction after police said he forced a girl into an empty classroom, held her against her will, and touched her inappropriately. Scott Smith's attorney, Lancaster, said the suspect is the same boy that allegedly attacked Scott Smith's daughter. What follows, based on extensive, exclusive reporting from Loudoun County, Virginia, is part of the developing story involving the Smiths and the school system. On May 28th, Stonebridge High School called Scott Smith to come to the school where they told him his 15-year-old daughter had just been in a physical altercation in a bathroom with a male. That's what Scott Smith says. When he arrived, he determined that what had happened was not a case of his daughter being beaten up. It was far more serious. The school said it was handling the incident in-house. Scott says Smith was dumbfounded. Deputies from the sheriff's office ultimately responded to the school not to investigate the alleged rape of a child, Smith said, but because school administrators called them on him for making a scene about his ninth-grade daughter having been sexually assaulted. Scott Smith acknowledges he did make a scene and says any father would have done the same in the situation. He says, I went nuts. I called the principal a," expletive deleted. He said six cop cars showed up like a blanking SWAT team to respond to the school's complaint about an assertive parent. The police department declined to provide records from that day to the Daily Wire. Scott Smith said, thank God that I drew enough attention to it without getting arrested that we got an escort to the hospital and they administered a rape kit that night. A SANE exam and buckle swab, his lawyer said, later came back favorable to the prosecutor's case. At 4.48 p.m. on the day of the incident, the principal sent out an email to the community that claimed nothing jeopardizing students' safety had occurred, painting Scott Smith as the villain, and offering counseling services for witnesses of Scott Smith's blowup. This guy, Luke Rosiak, Daily Wire, you got to follow this guy. His thread continues here on Twitter. He says, Scott was arrested... After an argument with a member of the Anti-Racist Parents of Loudon face, Facebook group at the school board meeting, which threatened to hack and expose parents who questioned school policies, this person actually approached him at the meeting. Chardonnay Antifa was apparently not only behind keyboards. Scott Smith's image traveled around the world, A two-dimensional character perhaps were divided into two camps viewing the other side as cartoon villains and talking too loud to listen. Would the situation have been helped with a restorative justice talk circle? The 2D cartoon villain archetype on the hard left is a critical race theory, is not even in schools in the first place, and angry parents are just misled by TV. Luke Rosiak, Daily Wire, says, I asked the leftist activist who was arguing with Scott Smith when he was arrested, if his daughter's story gave her a more nuanced understanding of him. Instead, the woman gave me an impossible-to-believe response, further promoting the two-dimensional view. She claims she said hi to Smith's wife, who then purportedly responded with a confession that she knows critical race theory isn't real, but came to the meeting to stir up others by tricking them about it. I thought this might be an opportunity for both sides to understand each other. It didn't happen. Instead, we just have pain, fear, and strife. In Loudon, Virginia, the richest county in the country, with no real social problems, as courts and schools are converted to political machines. Wow. Wow. All right. So my IT guy and my producer are in the next room. Guys, were we uh, were we going to take any calls today? Were we going to take any phone calls today? Well, I don't know where where's the where where would I look and see who's waiting? Is that on TeamViewer? Yeah, what we'll do is we'll have a caller come in and then we'll transfer I can remote in Okay, so so do I do I look at TeamViewer here and it, it says who's waiting, who's call waiting? i don't see anything. Oh, no, I'm going to take over your computer and I'll bring the call for you. Okay. To call. Okay. Well, oh no, wait a minute. So we don't have callers waiting? Yeah. Oh, okay, we don't have callers waiting. Well, I feel like Alec Baldwin. Yeah, they I sorry. What did you say? Well, we've been telling. We've been telling. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Maybe that's working. <laughs> I feel like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Years ago, Alec Baldwin, the um, the actor, was filling in on a, a radio talk show in Philadelphia. And he didn't have anything prepared to talk about. He just thought that people would call because he was on the radio. And uh, <laughs> and they didn't. And they didn't. So he's like, oh, so we don't have any callers in. Oh, that's very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, be that as it may, um, I'm gonna, I'm going to play one of these things again. Because I need to take a drink of water. Um, so I just hit that. Uh, it doesn't matter. Which one? This one right here? I'll play this one. Okay. You're listening to The Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays at docwashburn.com and is available for download to Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. Okay. All right, so we're back. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we thought we we were going to be live today at docwashburnshow.com. That's what we were told. We're apparently live at podbean.com. I'm going to take some water here. So anyway, but I've still got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. I still have a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Uh, I'm just getting started. The great actor James Woods saying today, two years ago today, we were experiencing the greatest economy in the history of the world. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. Would you think less of me if I told you i believe there's a strong possibility that when Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Deborah Burks went to President Trump and said, look, um, this thing is so dangerous that we need to shut down the greatest economy in the history of the world for 15 days to slow the spread. Will that shock you? Because, you know, so many videos have come out now. So many videos have come out about Fauci predicting what was going to happen, right? And we also know, we also know, again, that his organization funded they funded the creation of the vaccine pardon me the creation of the virus in the first place not the vaccine the creation of the virus in the first place so i want to say a little bit about here this facebook whistleblower that you might have heard of the other day the Facebook whistleblower, so-called, who's so concerned about how people get bullied on Facebook. An article that uh, I'll share on my Facebook page here in a little bit from the National Pulse, the great Natalie Winters and Raheem Kassam. Facebook whistleblower's private Twitter account reveals Marxist sympathies. Well, what a shock. What a shock. The corporate media's overnight celebrity whistleblower appears to be an avowed Marxist. See, what she wants, what she wants, this has come out. She wants a big government agency to regulate speech on social media, and she wants to be in charge of that government agency. Know what I'm saying? See, here's the thing. Never take at face value what the liberal media is telling you. Never take it at face value. Wait and find out what is behind everything. Okay? No, wait, 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 wait. Politico... Wait. Politico has an article saying the president's decline is alarming, Biden trapped in coronavirus malaise. The president's decline is alarming. With a uh subheadline Democrats are ringing alarm bells and coming to the simplest of conclusions, it's the pandemic stupid. What's the pandemic have to do with the president's decline? Wait a minute, i I, got to look at this. See, because most people who are paying attention think that uh, Kamala Harris, acting vice president, is eventually going to enact the 25th Amendment. Uh, That's something that if the vice president and half the cabinet, at least half the cabinet, decide the president is no longer able to fulfill his duties, uh, then they take him out. But most people that I talk to think she's going to wait, try to wait until he gets halfway through his first term because then theoretically she could run for president in 2024 and 2028. If he doesn't make it at least halfway through his first term, she can only run in 2024 after she would become president after he was taken out. So what's Politico say? In a focus group last week, Pennsylvania Democrats one after another, articulated the issue vexing top White House aides, party operatives in Virginia, and voters in Georgia. Why isn't President Joe Biden's diminished job rating rebounding? Oh! And voters in Georgia? What? So they're not talking about his cognitive decline. They're talking about his job rating, <laughs> what idiots, what idiots. I, no, I no, no, I can't spend any more time with that. Now, before we get out of here, I just want to share one more thing with you. There is a great patriot, U.S. Representative Thomas Massey out of Kentucky. And he is out there saying, "It is time to end the federal department of reeducation. It's time to divorce our children from the federal department of education." And he has proposed a bill to do that, to abolish the federal department of education. And he has co-sponsors. God bless him, one and all. Other U.S. representatives co-sponsoring this. Jeff Duncan out of South Carolina, Matt Gates, Florida, Andy Biggs, Arizona, Ralph Norman, South Carolina, Chip Roy, Texas, Jody Heiss, Georgia, Tim Burchett, Tennessee, Lauren Boebert, Colorado, Marjorie Taylor Green, Georgia, Mary Miller, Illinois, Randy Weber, Texas, Louis Gomer, Texas, and Paul Gosar, Arizona, uh, Bill Posey, Florida, and Greg Stubing, Pardon me, Greg Stubbe out of Florida. we got to do that, man. we got to get rid of the Federal Department of Education. So today has been a learning experience, a learning experience. We were under the impression that this, this live stream would be available at DocWashburnShow.com, not just at Podbean.com. So if you're listening to this later, we apologize that it wasn't where we told you it was going to be. And I, I thought it was because we're getting a lot of comments from people watching or listening, from people listening on, um, yeah, on Podbean. That's great. That's great. Um, it's my fervent hope uh, that tomorrow, tomorrow we'll actually be on docwashershow.com which is where we told you we would be. And who knows, maybe tomorrow we can actually get some phone calls in. Uh, So save this number for tomorrow, 866-609-3711. Save this phone number for tomorrow. I'm Doc Washburn. That has been the new Doc Washburn Show, Episode 1. We might sound even a little bit more organized tomorrow in Episode 2. God bless you. Thank you very much. Be sure to join us at 11 a.m. tomorrow at docwashburnshow.com. But if we still aren't there, where do I tell them to be? Well, they are right now, right? Podbean.com. Yeah. Yeah, an, an, an hour or two later, it will be everywhere you can get pod, uh, podcasts. But We're trying to figure out how to actually get it live on our website. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. What do I know? All right, God bless you guys. Thank you very much. See you live tomorrow at 11 a.m. right here.